A conversation can change the way you think, how you feel, or even what you believe. So no matter what the conversation's about, it's not for nothing. Hello and welcome to Not For Nothing. I'm Kyle Leon Henderson. And today we have Ethan Ham back. Hey. <laughs> Why are you talking like that? Because I had a burp. <laughs> um, Hi, guys. <laughs> it's me again. Well, and also we're doing something that I hate doing. What's that? A podcast at night. Uh, I, don't okay. do, I don't do well when the sun goes down. Yes. Um, so... How are you? Time is literally working against us. Oh my God. It's like, I've got like 16 minutes left yeah. before I start to get delusional. Before he starts to get cranky. A gra- I, I, get, well, I'm not, I don't get cranky as much as I get confused. You do get cranky really after 10. Is when but you I'm start cranky, cranky because I'm confused. Ah. Because you try to say things at me and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what this means. Well, like last night, <laughs> you were literally reading me an article. <laughs> And slowly laying down across the couch and me in the process of reading the article. Uh-huh. And then as soon as you finished, you were eyes closed. And I tried to tell you a story. <laughs> you did not hear it. <laughs> I didn't hear it. You kept me. I kept trying to hear it. Um, but yeah. And then you tried to use the fact that I just read you an article as a reason that I should be listening to your story. And that that did not check. It. That didn't track for me. Mm. Because at night, I don't like doing podcasts. I don't like doing anything at night. I like to drink tea, take a shower, and go to bed. But does it embarrass you if you fall asleep in front of people? Me? Like friends? Like, why would it embarrass me? That's why I'm asking. Does it? I mean, I don't know that I do that a lot. Do I? I guess not a ton. I, <laughs> I, I ask because I was kind of falling asleep during my massage today. And I think I snored a little bit. And I was like, oh, no. I snored in front of a coworker. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know why when you said I fell asleep during my massage, I was thinking you were falling asleep during a treatment of one of your guests. Oh, no. And I was like, geez, That's... maybe you should get some coffee. I, I know ha- you don't drink it, but if you're falling asleep on your guests, you might want to get some coffee. I have heard of that happening, though. Really? Yeah. You just like pass out on top of the guest? Not me, but yeah. I've heard stories. A couple of people uh, have done that before. Wow. Do you ever get that zoned out when you're doing a podcast? I mean, not a podcast, a facial. Um, See, this is what happens. Words start getting interchangeable. No, I think if I don't, if I'm not focusing on the facial, mm-hmm. then my mind starts to wander about like, what am I having for dinner tonight? What did we watch for TV? What, what did we watch yesterday? Oh, yeah. And where, what chapter am I in in the book? You know, I just start yeah. thinking about random stuff. Well, yeah. So let's cut the small talk before i pass out because i'm getting sleepy (laughs) how's everything going good uh i think that's kind of the the sort of inspiration and point of this episode between Mm -hmm. me and you is um things are going very well yeah and that's that's me too um that's what i wanted to talk to you about today that's today's topic folks um what do you do when everything's going right like I don't know. I'm maybe it's just me. I'm conditioned to always want to be working towards something and like, oh, I've got to, I've got to try to achieve this and I got to do this. And right now, you and I are in a space where things are going well. Yep. And I knocked the table, knocked the wood. You scared Bo. I well, scares me too to be having everything going so right. <laughs> but yeah, how do you feel about that? The the fact that we are doing well. So. I I really honestly think that for me, it's all kind of fine. Like, <laughs> focus. Bo's being extra cute. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I I honestly think for me, uh, it's honestly kind of fine. Like, this is something that you and I have talked about privately in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but whenever we would hit kind of a a pretty big milestone, like moving into a an apartment that's really nice or mm-hmm. getting a new car, something like that. Yeah. You would be like, why aren't you more excited? And I would kind of be like, because this is what I expected. Um, so I'm kind of trying to hit the sweet spot now of like actually, enjo- and I think I am succeeding in that, but actually enjoying and experiencing the joy of 
accomplishing this goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you I don't s- ever do that. You you are so <clears throat> flatlined sometimes when you do not good things or when you do things. Well, but when you things, think that's not so much the case anymore. You're getting better. I'd love you to be a little more excited at times, mm-hmm. <laughs> just because you know. What will you get excited about? Like what? You know, that's the thing. What will you? What will get you excited? You know, because if you always expect good things for yourself, then you'll always achieve. So if you always expect it, you'll never embrace it. Right. You know, because you're just like, yeah, of course, I got a good house, a good a good car, good job. And so I think that that I expected to go on this vacation because I planned it. Well, yeah, but I think that that is kind of one of the directions that you can go in to answer your question, like, what do you do when everything's going right? You enjoy it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, rather than just saying, well, of course, because I worked for that, you know, like just because you worked for it and you expected this to happen, not even expected, you envisioned this happening. You had hoped that this would happen for you. And then mm-hmm. it really does. Yeah. You get to be excited for that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I do also think there's a tendency amongst a lot of people to kind of wait for the other shoe to drop. Oh yeah, that's that's me for sure. Like I remember there's a podcast that you and I listened to. This was a, a very old episode at this point, but one of the people on it said that they were at a moment in their lives where everything was going so right that they were get, getting on a flight to go somewhere and they almost were f- afraid to get on the flight because they were like, this plane is going down because yeah. everything's going too good for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sort of that way, but it's just because I've been conditioned to be the underdog at this point i feel like and um and now like i'm in a space this year where my mantra and i don't i mean i kind of hesitate to say this but i want people to know that i just i kept doing things i kept saying yes to things that i was not prepared for in a lot of ways but i was like i'll i'll build this plane while it's in midair kind of thing. And I did it and it worked out. And so my mantra became this year sort of just, I'm unstoppable. And I'm like, that's not a cocky, you know, attitude. And that's not a brag. I'm just like, no, I'm, I'm in a place where I want to keep going and I'm unstoppable. I will do what I have to do. Because at the beginning of the year, I took a job where I, (laughs) I accidentally became the boss. (laughs) I'll say that on the podcast because yeah. I'm I'm leaving this job in a week and they got real sneaky with the job titles and they asked if I would be interested. I applied for one job and they said, we actually think you'd be better for this job. It's a step up or whatever. And they said, basically, do you want to be a lead? And I said, sure. And they said the day before I took, before I started, they were like, you do know this is the top dog at this spot. Like we've talked about it. I'm running a testing site. And the night before I started working at this testing site, they were like, you do realize you're the site manager. And I was like, Oh, 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 okay. No, I did not. Okay. And they're like, you're gonna have to do payroll. You're gonna have to do, you know, write-ups. You're gonna have to do onboarding, offboarding. You're gonna have to run your team. And I was like, all right. And I'm pretty proud of me because I did it well. And I realized I'm good at being a boss. Mm-hmm. and I'm just going to, you know, this is my little humble brag, and maybe I wouldn't do this if they were in the daylight, but <laughs> people have told me that I'm the best boss they ever had. Some of them. And I'm like, I'd like to think that's true, that I'm good enough to be somebody's best boss. Mm-hmm. I mean, that doesn't surprise me. That's a source of pride for me. Yeah. Like, I, I'm like, wow, I really led this team, and I'm about to pass the baton to my assistant manager, whom I appointed, and she's going to be the new manager, and she's going to get to appoint her own sis- assistant manager, and that's that's really nice for me because all that to be said, I have been trying to get a job, um, a specific job for several years now. I've been waiting, watching for it to pop up again, waiting, and I applied for it again, and I got it. So. And the application process is very tough. Well, no, it was an audition. There was auditions and there were interviews. It was the type of performance job that you have to, you have to work for the company, but it's also a performance job. And so I went through one, two, three, 
for five rounds of of interviews and auditions and I I do know that there were 600 applicants and I'm one of 30 who got the job. So I beat out 570 people for this job. And over the course of that process, um, it was very stressful. It, it was probably one of the most stressful things I've ever had to endure. And part of that is my fault because I told people that I was doing it. I was applying for it because people root for you. They want you to have it. And People got involved in the process, and I did not need that in a lot of ways. Well, it's all a learning process, you know. And, and I think that some people do well with having people behind them going, mm-hmm. you've got this, you're perfect for this, you can do this, they're going to hire you, blah, blah, blah. And then I think some people don't do well with that. So maybe you have learned that you're not one of those people. I, I, I can take good energy, but pe- everyone everyone on the front end before I auditioned or in the process of auditioning, people would say, you are perfect for this job. And I said, but what if I don't get it? Mm -hmm. That's going to really screw up my brain because you're thinking, how do you, how do you cope with the fact that you couldn't get the job you're perfect for? You know? And it's like, that really got me messed up. And then as I was in the process, people kept saying, if they don't hire you, they're stupid. And I'm like, well, they're not stupid. Because, you know, they're just, you know, that, that 600 people, how do you know who's the right candidate in a lot of ways? How do you know who's going to, you know, jump in both feet and swim like a swan, you know? And who's going to just flounder like a kitten? I just thought that. Flounder okay. like a kitten. You know, just like swim and just like, bloop, 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 bloop. Oh, she's drowning, you know. But anyway, you know, how do you know? You don't know. Um, and then now, on the back end, everybody, after I told everybody, I was like, okay, everybody's invested. I'm going to give them the information. Literally every person I um, talked to, except for one, told me that, oh, well, you deserve this. You deserve this. You deserve this. And I, that, I didn't know that, really? Mm-hmm. That's wild. Everybody said that. Who didn't? Just curious. Leslie. My oh, well, that makes sense. And she and I are, we talk, she and I talk a lot about spirituality and she had the exact same thought I did. She goes, and I said, and she was about to say it. And before she could say it, I said, I said, what does it mean to deserve something? I was like, didn't any one of 600 of those people deserve this job? You know? Right. Exactly. It's like, I don't know that that, you know, I, so it just didn't, I didn't have a place to put it. And I don't know if that is, is, is that just me not being used to having the uh, the space where I want something that's hard to get and I actually get it on my own merits? That that, that has not that does not happen a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I'm just wondering, is that what this is? It's funny. We kind of had a moment of discussion about something similar uh, the other day. Um, while we were hanging out with some friends. And um, I do think... Which friends? Michelle, I'm, I'm, I'm sleepy. <laughs> Sorry, I was yawning. Michelle and Flo. Oh, okay. Um, don't have to whisper their names. They've been on the show. People know them. Y'all know who they are. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> um, I, I, I do think that there is a th- habit that you have, maybe is the best way I can put it, of y- you take whatever people say at 110% face value, Remember we and I said, you know, you have to learn how to just let what people say go, mm-hmm. and you're not super good at that for good I'm or not. for good or bad. And I'm so not. that's what I mean by when I say you take everything at 110 percent value. Is that's why when somebody says you're perfect for this, your brain goes to well, what part if I don't get it? What does that mean? I'm not mm-hmm. perfect at all. Blah, blah blah. Whereas it might be more beneficial just to be able to go, I thank you, and then not think about it. You know. Just yeah, like, I thank you but for your positive it, energy, and it, then just let go of the specifics of "you're perfect for this." Well, is that necessary for me to change the way I take people at face value, or is it? Is there a space where it is okay for me to set a boundary and sort of that boundary is people who talk to me should say what they mean, be impeccable with their word. But maybe they are impeccable with their word. They're not. Because the only way, okay, so this is, this is, this is very nerdy. 
But the only way they could be impeccable with their word by saying you're perfect for this job would be if they created this job. You know what I mean? Like they're not the they're not the judge and jury for who should have this job. So therefore they can't make an impeccable decision on whether or not I am perfect for this job, you know? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's, so it's like I, I don't know, I struggle I guess, with good things. Well, I guess is the point. I guess the most direct answer I can give you to that question is it's not necessary. It's not necessary, but it'll make life easier. What? And that decision is up to you, whether you want to, you know, hold people to those standards that you hold yourself to. Well, and to that I say, my mantra for this entire year has always been: I can do hard things. Mm-hmm. It's if it's going to make my life easier, that's not necessarily the barometer for doing it because this year I'm doing hard things. Sure, and that's you why know? you know that's that's why I said it's your decision to make. But coming from the other side of that situation, mm-hmm. it makes. It makes your emotional life a heck of a lot easier just to not take anything that people say at face value. And again, there's good and bad to both to both sides of that coin, you know. Well, and that makes me sad a little bit too, of not being able to take what people say at face value. I want my friends and my family and my people to say what they mean, you know. Yeah, I guess the difference is I just don't feel comfortable putting that pressure on other people, you know. Um, because that's a lot of pressure to put on people. What? To be impeccable with their word? Yeah. Well, I mean... Because most people are not at all. Whether I, they mean to be or not. You and, know, I these get, people... and, and I get that. I, we're in Hollywood. I, I field comments all day that are just complete BS. Right. But the people who are my circle, the people who are in my, my you know, my village, my, my rallying group, I, I'd like them to be a little more impeccable. But also, at the same time, I'd like to just be able to accept good things for myself yeah. in a lot of ways. And that's a lot of it, too, I think. So, you know, if it's hard for you to accept those good things for yourself, it's probably easier for you to shift to those like, but what if moments? But what if I don't get this job? I'm not perfect for it after all, you know? I'm, I really don't. Not anymore. I don't do the what if. I really don't want to do, I don't do the what if. And honestly, that, that just occurred to me. I, I didn't run the risk of people of me having a psychological situation for people saying that I was perfect for this job. And then if I didn't get it, I really didn't run that risk. I was talking about it, but I didn't really didn't. I'm, I'm centered in that, in that moment, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm centered in it, but I also, I'm just like, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> you know, I mean, is that it just, I didn't want to hear it. I didn't, I, it doesn't throw me for a loop, but it is, it did make me have to do mental acrobatics that I just yeah. didn't want to have to do because I'm, I'm good with that. Like I know that I know your intentions. I know this, but you know, I don't know. I guess I'm just in a space where I'm like, can people just say less than more? Because mm-hmm. you don't have to say everything. Mm-hmm. You don't have to give me that. Like, and I was talking about that with other people the other day, like something happened with someone at work yesterday and I sort of reported them to their manager because it was a different department on campus at the spot where I work and it didn't sit well with me. And she, apparently they said that she was very sorry and she wanted to, she wanted to make everything right. And I'm like, I really don't want to hear any kind of apology. I, I just, just do what's right next time. Don't apologize to me. And also like we were, I was talking about when my dad died, a lot of times I was just like, I dreaded having to tell people that my dad died because they were going to go into their obligatory say nice things at Kyle because his dad died. And I was just like, I don't want to hear it. I don't, I don't need it. I just want to be normal. And so I'm sort of in that space where I'm just like, I don't want to hear that I'm perfect for this job right now. I just really just want to, I just want to have fun with my Mm -hmm. friends. And, you know, I just want people to say, Oh, good luck. (laughs) You know, right. Well, and this is, <laughs> you know, and, and let me just do my own spiritual work in it. I don't need you to convince me that I'll be perfect for this job. Well, it's funny that you say that because this yeah. also leads me to a thought that we talked about the other day in that same mm-hmm. conversation. Um, there's something about you that really makes people just like, like people love you, you know? Yeah. And people really want good things for you more than they want for themselves. A mm-hmm. lot of people in your life, the people yeah. who are really close to you in your life, especially. And that's kind of new. Want, yeah, it is. Uh, want good things for you almost more than they want for themselves. And they right. really love gassing you up. And they really love just 
doing everything they can to make you feel mm-hmm. like you're super special. Mm-hmm. And, and and I wonder, is it because I make them feel super special? I think so. Because that's what, I, again, I, I hope that this is interesting to me where this conversation has gone because we had this conversation before that I was struggling last week because I felt like people did not see me at all because they wanted to gas me up and I don't need gassed up. I'm gassed. I'm full. I got a full tank and I'm always ready to go when it comes to things that I want to do. I get excited. Just be excited. You know, I don't need you to gas me up. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't want to be an ungrateful person because I know that they're doing it because they're just excited for right. me. Um, but yeah, I like it struggle. It struggled. It made me struggle because I was like, I'm wondering, do people even know who I am? Do people even see me that they keep doing things that I don't need and keep saying things that I don't need and keep saying things about me that are just not true? You know, that they think they know me and I'm like, do they know me at all? Because they keep saying things about me that's just not true. So I struggled with that. Well, and there is also this kind of rears its head more at certain times than others for you. But this is something that you and I have talked about a little bit before is you do have a tendency to, you know, see somebody do something at you and go, that's not what I need. And then they're like, oh, okay. And so then they try something else and you're like, well, that's not it either. Like, it's, it feels like it's hard for you to actually know what it is you do need from people, but you mm-hmm. absolutely know what it is you don't need from people. Well, and you know what it is? I, I, I'm the guy who's great in a crisis. I, fix, I can fix everybody's problems. I can fix anybody's problems that needs fixing. I'm fantastic in anybody's crisis because I'm good at helping the people going through the crisis to stop, take a breath, Look at this. Look at the problem. What is the problem? State the problem. What would be the solution? That's the solution. Well, then go do the solution. Stop worrying about all of the hypotheticals and this and that and yada yada. Because just go do the solution. I'm good at that, and so I, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to be the person receiving help, but also most of the time I don't ask for it. Right. And I and you know that's something I'm, you and I have in common. <laughs> and I and I just I am a self sufficient person with most of it, you know. And I think you are too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard to be a self sufficient person and know that it's hard to be a self sufficient self sufficient person in a situation where you know I need some help here, but you really don't want to ask for it because mm-hmm. you're like, no, I'm self sufficient. Well, I can do this myself. And I'm never that stubborn. I'm not. If I need help, I'll ask for help. Or or more so, I just won't do it. Yeah. If I find that I can't if I can't do it myself, I just won't do it. Yeah. And I'm I'm changing that about myself. I'm desperately changing that about myself because I know I need to and I know that I want to, but then now I'm in that space where I'm like, I don't need this. Mm-hmm. So um but that brings me back to all of this. This is the stuff that comes up for me when we actually get good stuff happening. Right. Because that's the thing. This is not my dream job that I got. I'll say that. But it is pretty damn close. Mm-hmm. It's pretty close in the fact that all I wanted was a job to do that I really, really loved, that I enjoyed doing um, while I am pursuing artistic endeavors. And I've set that up. And I've done it. I'm, I would say... I'm going to do that. I would say it might not necessarily be your dream job Mm -hmm. but it's definitely like if you were to write down on a piece of paper your ideal life's path this job would be on that piece of paper yeah and if and here's the thing i'll i'll be honest with everybody because the listeners these are my friends these are my people i tried to get this job a couple of years ago and i took a different job with the company in an attempt to buy my time until i could get this job but then I was not making enough money in the one job I took, so I had to take a second job. And in taking that second job, I was uh, I was juggling them. And then the first job that I was that was closer to what I wanted gave me a lot of hours, and I screwed it all up. And I had a no call no show because I was juggling the wrong way, and I was fired. And they're on a point system, so when you're fired for points, meaning your time in attendance, you can't reapply for two years. 
well, I just kind of walked away from it. I let that all go. Um, and then I worked at Starbucks and I'll say the Starbucks because I'm probably not going back there. And if I do, it's truth. Truth hurts. Um, I had to make a judgment call when dad died and, or when dad was dying and I went home and I kind of, I didn't screw over my boss. I was just like, I'm leaving now. And she was pretty, uh, insensitive about the whole thing. She was very corporate about it. <laughs> and well, I don't know. It wasn't even corporate. She was like, you have a responsibility. And I said, damn straight. I do. That's why I'm getting on a plane. And so she said, you need to figure out who's going to work your shift tomorrow. And I couldn't figure it out. And so I called the one person who had everyone's number in the company, AKA her boss. And her boss said, don't even worry about it. And then 10 minutes, 10 seconds later, my boss texted me and said, don't worry about it. We got it. And I was like, okay. And then when I came back, she started treating me differently to the point where she was trying to play gotcha and caught me in some stuff. Mm -hmm. And then she fired me from that job. So in trying to juggle both of those jobs, I lost both of those jobs eventually. And so, and that was a learning process for me. And then I started working with the vaccine sites, which kind of rolled into the job I am doing now. But in the middle of that, I went back to the original company because my two years had ended. And now here I am. And it just feels like I've come such full circle. Yeah. And I'm, I've learned so much about myself. I've done deep leadership in the, in the interim with that. I've done humanitarian work. I've lost a parent. I have made a difficult decision to stop associating with two friends during the pandemic and I've n never heard from them again. And I'm not really sad because my life has only gotten better since they're gone. Mm -hmm. They had a lot of drama around them. Mm -hmm. And I actually heard something kind of relevant to that, that kind of was like an Oprah aha moment mm -hmm. on a different podcast coming yeah. home from work today. Um, somebody had written in for advice and was asking them about this like kind of complicated situation with a friend slash potential crush situation. Yeah. And, um, this person who was their friend extricated themselves from that, from the writer's lives mm -hmm. kind of made the decision. They were like, I gotta go without consulting their friend, how they felt first. Mm -hmm. And so the friend felt kind of offended and upset. And, um, the advice that the writer was given by the co by the host of the podcast, where you need to decide if you miss that person or you miss the friendship. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, oh yeah, that's big, deep. Well, and that's the thing. Since those two friends left, people have marched into our lives two by two. Isn't that weird? I've noticed that too. I mean, they weren't they weren't in a relationship. No, but we it only but deepened it, they our very friendship. much came together. It only of. deepened our friendship with Michelle and Flo, and then and then. We met Nick and Janae, and then we met, or, or then I didn't meet, I already knew them, but Brittany and Doug, I worked with them years ago, and then worked with them again this past year, and we had known each other for years as work buddies, not even, I wouldn't even say work friends, we were work buddies, but something was different this time, and we became deep, intimate friends, and it just, my life has become so much richer in the struggle. And I'm just so glad that I didn't get the job back then mm -hmm. now because my life is so much richer. And I'm telling you people, I, d I don't recommend it for anyone losing a parent. But when you lose a parent and you have to deal with that, the calm that washes over you for literally everything else in life. It just, I mean, I'm sure it's even more so with a losing a child or a sibling or whatever. But. I just don't get twisted about the small stuff anymore. And it's hard to watch other people get twisted about the small stuff sometimes. It's very hard. I'm like, get over it. I don't, that's not a big deal. But I'm trying to be in a space where I am just, I'm happy and I know that I deserve all that I've got and I'm, and I feel at home in my good stuff. And I'm very close this time. Mm -hmm. I was never close before. I don't yeah. think I just never, ever, ever felt at home. And that was something that I talked about with my therapist when, you know, check the old episodes back in 2020 when I was going to therapy, 
that was what I realized. I don't set good boundaries, and I know, ne- and I, there was nowhere that I felt at home. I never felt like I belonged anywhere. And from minute one, I am walking through the world as though I belong there. Mm-hmm. After getting this job, because this job's a big deal for me, and walking on site to do my um, paperwork to do onboarding. It just felt like I was sort of home. It felt like I was right where I was supposed to be. Really? Mm-hmm. That's good. I like that for you. And for me, I you say that you kind of like, you're learning how to go through life as though you belong there. Mm-hmm. I have, for a long time now, gone through most of life feeling like I belonged there, but not feeling like anything was exceptional. What do you mean? Kind of like, oh, of course, like I was saying before, like, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to get too excited about this because I already, I already thought that this would happen for me. Yeah. But I, th- I think I can still, like I said, I'm trying to find that sweet spot of mm-hmm. like continuing to go through life with the expectations of success because I like that for myself. I right. like that energy for me. Mm-hmm. But also being able to, you know, revel in the joy of it happening when the success does come. Do you have to find the sweet spot or can you just be absolutely enjoy- overjoyed? Well, when I say the sweet spot, what I Because mean, that seems like you're saying a happy balance. Well, I kind of am, but what I mean by that is, you know, not go to the polar opposites of going through life expecting success and then on the other hand going through life expecting only failure Mm -hmm. you know like well go in that middle spot of yes expect success but also be happy when it comes i think you can do it all i don't think you have to go in the middle i think you can you because that's one of my favorite quotes make decisions as if the universe were conspiring in your favor yeah that's kind of what i'm saying well i just mean like you're because that that is something that I'm very proud of you for because I've noticed that was something that really bothered me about our relationship in the in the beginning. I don't know that we've ever really super talked about this. And so this might be the very first time we're talking about it on the show with listeners at night. At night. Oh yeah, maybe the, <laughs> maybe we're maybe I'm setting myself up for failure here. But there were times when I would share stories with you or share quotes or share something that you know back because when we started dating we were dating when oprah was on tv Mm -hmm. like that's a long time ago um but i would share something that oprah would say and you just would blank face and you'd be like yeah i already knew that and it would be pretty pretty disappointing for me to Mm want to share something with you and you do not participate in the excitement that i was feeling because you already knew it Mm -hmm. or you've already seen it or you've you know, I've already knew, known that notion. Or I would show you something really cool and you're like, well, yeah, I'm, that's neat. You know, and you were pretty flatlined about everything for a long time. And that was something I would always want. I wanted someone who would share in the joy and the excitement with me. And you didn't you didn't do that a lot in the early days. Mm-hmm. You were just kind of very stone-faced mm-hmm. about a lot of stuff. Um, what changed for you? Well, I think for a long time, I kind of operated from that place of like, if you don't get excited about anything, you don't get disappointed about anything. Because still to this day, for me, disappointment is one of my least favorite feelings. Really? Even more than like having my feelings hurt. You really don't do well with disappointment. Because I don't know what it is. It's just you build something up so much for yourself. And you fantasize so much. I'm sure that has something to do with it. I have a very active imagination. Um, you build something up for yourself so much and you fantasize about what it's going to be like when this thing happens for you. And you're so excited and you so look forward to it. And you just, and it's coming and it's almost there and it's almost there. And then something happens and it just falls out of your, you know, falls through your fingers like sand. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I guess that's what it is. It's, one of the worst feelings in the world to me is to be so close to accomplishing something or to having something that you are touching it, but then it just dissolves. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't know. It's weird because it's not like I had a terrible childhood or anything, had a pretty great childhood, all mm-hmm. things considered. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't, 
really, you know, we'd have to sit here for a couple of hours and really think, have me, have me think about it. If I could give you, you know, specific instances of why that got ingrained in me so much, but I just, what, wait, I want to just stop there. What got ingrained in you? That fear of disappointment. Okay. Um, but I just know that that is a, I can just sit here and tell you that's a thing from childhood. I don't know why. I don't know what happened. I'll have to think about it and get back to you. Mm -hmm. Um, but after, and I'm sure a lot of it honestly has to do with friends. Just kind of, (laughs) no friends in real life, just kind of disappearing. That's, that's been a thing. They've done that a lot to you. That's been a thing for me through my whole life Mm -hmm. is, um, somebody because i you know we're all attracted to certain types of people whether it's for romance oh and you're for you're attracted to a wounded, a wounded bird, bird. i'm are, always attracted you to, love somebody who is on the brink of disaster whether it's how they are as a person i don't know that you are that way now though i kind of think i'm losing patience for those people you really do you do, like to the point where i'm like can we give her a chance you're like no thanks <laughs> you're like to the, okay no to the, time for to that to the point where the and you're other... usually right about that though that's i don't want people to think you're a bitch about it but like when you're like well, no thing i can't be because to the you're point usually right where the other day we met somebody and we i was like no they're garbage and then turns out maybe yeah. they're not so much garbage they're just tr- they're just I trouble. had that i had that twice because there's somebody that is in my life i won't speak about where i'll tell you off the mm-hmm. microphone where i was completely wrong about them mm. and I'd, I I, who it is. I listed the specs of why they don't make any sense. And today I've had conversations with them. Mm-hmm. And over the last two days I've had some conversations and I've had some more realizations. Uh, I, I found out a secret about this person that they don't know that I know. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, and I'm not trying to like spill the tea on them. It's right. just like, huh, that's different. Yeah. That's interesting. It's completing the puzzle of the person. That's different. And for the first time, I saw through... And these two people that we're talking about, the person you're talking about and the person I'm talking about, they do sort of the same thing. They do the name dropping. The celebrity... Yeah. Celebrity... I'm a, I'm a near, I'm near yeah. celebrities all the time kind of thing. And when you look through that... a incredibly annoying habit that they have like i find it so annoying to the point where i used to walk away from this person whenever they would do that when i look through that you hear stories about the pain Mm -hmm. the pain they're in and i i want to learn that um i want to learn to do that better but at the same time today yesterday and today i lost all of my patience totally lost all of my patience with someone and a lady cursed at me, and I sent her away. Mm-hmm. I would not test her. Well, that was not a wounded bird. That was a Karen. Oh, no, no. That's not the wounded bird. That, that was just me being yeah. like, you know what? Because usually I'd scream or something. I'd be like, no, I can match your energy. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, we're not doing this today. Have a good day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just interesting that I'm spreading my peacock feathers mm-hmm. t- at times, but also doing that. But you... What are the good things that are going so well in your life? Well, I mean, I guess... From your perspective. The things that are going well in my life aren't necessarily new. Like, yours is news, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, But for me, it's just more of the same, which is good, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I work at a spa, and, you know, I continue to only do better and better there. Mm -hmm. Again, like like you said before, not bragging or anything. It's just the truth. Yeah. Um, and well, that's what, uh, Rob Lowe always says. He quote, it's a quote from somebody else. He goes, it's not bragging if you did it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I have a, I guess I have a job at a salon that I may or may not be keeping, but if I don't keep it, it's my own decision and it's not a bad thing if I let that go. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I have my own private business stuff too, that is kind of plateaued, but that's fine. Um, I'm really, I want to sometime soon really kind of just for myself, sit down and look at 
ways that I can make that grow. Cause that is the kind of mm-hmm. like we talked about with you, this job that you've gotten is on the piece of paper for your life path. Yeah. But it's not your dream job. Same with me. Like the spa isn't my dream job, but it's definitely providing a situation for us to have a good life. Well, and it's on my piece of paper for my life path. And I, I forgot about this really, but I brag about you a lot about the fact that you started a business this past in a year, a year ago, I guess it was a year ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're doing okay. Like, you're making a little chunk of change for yourself. Right. Um, and it, it's not something that you can do solely for yourself, but yet. But thank God you have this ability to do it this way because some people, they go all in and it's so hard. And, may, and I don't know. I think about things like that. I'm like, you and I don't go all in. We, we surround ourselves with the trappings of a life that everything we touch makes sense to us and it pleases us. Mm-hmm. We get, we do, we double dip with jobs mm-hmm. because we like both the jobs or w- whatever. But we, you know, and some people need that struggle, quit yes. their job, exactly. live in a hole and work their way up to Be the in top. the red in the and first I'm, two years. And, and sometimes I wonder, I'm like, is that the way you have to do I it? I know. You and I are so on the like, same page. Are we not going to ever get to the top because we're not doing it like that? Because, yep. You know, or, that's what you know. I've been thinking lately mm-hmm. is, um, you know, because I, it's a blessing that I don't have to have that struggle. Yeah. That I have these other jobs, this other job slash other jobs that, you know, pays the bills and more while I work on my passion project of my actual own business. Yeah. Um, but, it's kind of a two edged sword in that because I don't have to like pound the pavement and like, this is not my make or break. This is Mm -hmm. not my situation of like, if this doesn't make money, I'm screwed. Then I don't have that fire to like, yeah, it's, it's not a, it's not an all encompassing inferno that makes me do this. It's more of like a warm ember. That's Mm -hmm. like, Hey, let's do this. Let's do this now. You know, it's, it's it's gentler than that. Um, I'm not saying that's, Good or bad. I'm just saying it's mm-hmm. the situation that I have to figure out how to make that work for me. Yeah. Because it and would I be very easy just I, to like coast and let things be as they are. You I know? think you and I are in a place where we're good. We're almost perfect in a sense of we're almost there that we can put pressure on each other. Yes. In things like you better you better go do more. Right. Because you ain't. How many, how many new clients did you get this, this month? Right. None? How many, really? how many auditions did you go on this? Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like, really? You didn't go on any auditions this month? Yeah. Are you are, are you running a small business or aren't you? Are right. you an actor or aren't you? We're, we're getting close to being able to do that for each other without resentment. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, and I, I'm really, that's probably the most, that's the thing that I'm most proud of in my whole life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know, I don't know that I've ever said that out loud either. But really, honestly, and truly, my relationship with you is the one thing I'm more proud of than anything else I've ever done in my entire life. Ever. Yeah. I mean, I would ever. I would agree to the point where, like, <laughs> this might be, this might seem pointless to some people, but I find myself feeling those prideful moments the most when it's just me and you. Mm-hmm. Like the past, I can name them. Like the past few nights, you've done something that just made me giggle. <laughs> you do giggle, and you're like, "Why are you laughing at me?" And I'm like, "I don't know. You're just cute." And well, because you wanted me to, you like going back to that, the call back to that story when I read you an article and you said, um, <laughs> you said, "Well, let me tell you about this." And I kept falling asleep while you were trying to tell me, uh-huh. and you were like, "Wake up!" And I was like, "I'm sorry, I'm sleepy." And you said. Well, I you read me an article a minute ago, and what was it I said that? Tickled and you said, you said, and it just tore me up. <laughs> it did. <laughs> it just because did. what you meant was it wore me, and out. it wore me out. But I'm the like, words that you chose were, and it tore me. <laughs> you're like you read an article, and I said, well, and it tore me up. Uh, and you just thought that was the most the was funniest funny. thing, and nobody's gonna think that's funny no. now that you're saying it out loud. Just me. I'm like, it was funny in the moment, even to me, but. Yeah, it's just those little moments where mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just there alone. I mean, you're the person I talk about everything with. Mm-hmm. And that is what I'm pride prideful prideful. That is what I'm most proud of, really. Um but yeah. The moments too that make me the most proud is when we have moments of as you would say jagged energy. Um like that conversation I keep referring to when we were hanging out with friends. We kind of stepped aside 
and I was like, something, we need to talk about this because you're mm-hmm. in a place and. We well, you to- were reading that I was in a place. I really wasn't in a place. Well, but that's the thing. We, that was the conversation that mm-hmm. we had because I was perceiving something. You were feeling something. And those two things, my perception and your actual feelings were clashing. Yeah. And so we stepped aside. We had to talk about it. Uh, I, you know, was very honest. Like I said a lot of things that in the past I wouldn't have had the courage to say to you just yeah. because they were my honest feelings about mm-hmm. the situation. And you took those honest feelings and you did not take them personally. And you said, okay, here's what I heard. Here's what's actually happening for me inside. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it. We understood each other. You felt better because we talked about it. And then we returned to Yeah, friends, you were pretty you know? frustrated because you're like, we're getting nowhere. And I'm like, we really super are getting somewhere because I'm just saying it out loud. And then I was like, oh, okay. You know, <laughs> um, something else I wanted to mention though is uh, on the, on the sort of umbrella topic of what do you do when everything's going well? Something I have found going for me, and I guess maybe this also answers your question of what's going well for for me. Mm -hmm. The stuff I mentioned earlier, all my career stuff, that's always kind of the first thing that comes to mind other than our relationship because I'm a career person. It's just how I am. Um, Mm -hmm. But um, something that I'm really excited about is uh, I'm feeling more sort of spiritually... (laughs) sounds weird but i'm gonna say it this way spiritually thirsty then um (laughs) i'm not laughing at what you said i'm laughing at that you're finding it funny that you're i'm laughing that you're like this sounds weird but i'm gonna say it that's it doesn't sound weird um than i ever have um which is again another thing that has kind of been a a little bit of a wrinkle in our relationship Mm -hmm. is for a long time you have sort of wanted me to You've wanted, I guess you, it, we could say, you've wanted me to want to be more spiritual, mm-hmm. and now I do, and I have, I've found that. Well, and I wanted, and I will say, in the early days, I wanted you to be on the same page as me. Yeah, there completely. Was some, there was some. I needed us to be on. The, I need. I didn't need us to be on the same page, but I needed us to be in the same book. Yeah, and I don't need that anymore. Right. Um. There has, you know, for the past, <laughs> I don't know, seven years. There's always been so much going on in life that, to me, took more precedence, like our relationship and like getting our bills paid and mm-hmm. like getting into a home for more than a year at a time. You know, there, there was always something. Well, we're getting ready to sign for our second year in this home. So here's hoping. Yeah. Don't um, count your chickens, I guess. But there just always <laughs> seemed to be more pressing matters to get to. Um, and, you know. I'm not here to talk about whether or not that was correct. All I know is I'm here now where, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the bills are paid, career's going well, I'm happy with that, happy with you. There's all those pressing matters that weighed on me so much for the past several years are no longer weighing on me. Mm-hmm. And so now I feel this like openness and this freedom to go, oh, what else? Now what else can we look at, you know, can we devote energy to now that I'm not devoting so much energy to these necessities of life, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm going to paraphrase something that I said to you maybe yesterday when we were talking about it, but, um, I find myself, uh, craving more spirituality than I ever have. And I use that word very, very correctly. It's like a craving that I have to, to, to fill. I, it feels like there is now it's, it's like when you want a specific food so much and Mm -hmm. it's all you can think about. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it doesn't matter if you want pizza and then you go get a burger, you're just going to be mad because you didn't get pizza. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how it feels. Like there is a space within me that wants to be filled with uh, nurturing my spiritual health. And if I start trying to do other stuff to fill that hole, it's not going to be, it's not going to matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am, I'm taking the initiative and I'm, you know, buying some books and doing some reading and, doing some meditations and really, you know, doing what I want to do. What does that look like for you? The, the spiritual hunger. Um, and, and let me, let me, I'll, I'll give an example of what I'm, what I feel as a spiritual hunger to see, like sometimes I just need quiet meditative prayer to think about the things that are going wrong in my life. I need a place to lay my gratitude. That's bigger than just, coincidence or I need 
you know, I need community around people who are like-minded with me. That's sometimes that. And sometimes I just need to sing and be thankful. Mm -hmm. And I do go to, I go to church for that at times. I go to a very, you know, unique church Mm -hmm. for that. Um, What does it look like for you? What does the hunger look like? For me, it feels like for a great portion of my life, um, it feels like there has been a little something off in the distance the source of something uh, kind of whispering to me and saying like, hey, I'm here for you. Come find me. I'm waiting. What is here for you, though? The, uh, it's, um, I don't know. I guess I would, all I can think of to call it is the source. You know? I mean, I guess that, that's what I mean. Do you mean a, a connectedness with other people? A connectedness it's not other people. to the... <laughs> it's not other people. Uh, I have no need or desire to commune spiritually with others at all. Um, I just, I don't mean communing. I just mean like a deep connectedness that links us all with, Oh, I see you know, you or is it a deeper, no, not really a deeper connection to say the reason you're here. See, that's the thing. I don't, I don't feel the need Mm-hmm. to feel that connectedness with others. I know what you're saying, and I don't feel the need for that. Uh, no, I mean, I, I don't mean like connected, like in the same moment doing the same thing. No, I know what I you mean. mean you like don't, Carl you, Jung spiritually connected. You don't feel connected to other people? No, I do. Okay. But I don't feel the, I don't feel the need to strengthen that. Oh, yeah. Um, it's all about, I guess the best way I can think of, to say it is it's all about my personal power. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like there's always been something out there. Like I say, the source, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, that will, if I can like connect, connect the wires between me and that, and we can have this free flowing exchange of energy, then it'll be like, there's like one last switch for me that needs to be turned on mm-hmm. in order for me to really like exist in this world and exist in this life in the best way that I can. Yeah. In the most positive way that I can, the most productive, the most uh, loving to others, um, the most open-minded, you know, the most, mm-hmm. the, the most free of negativity. For the most, you and me to just be, where I I don't do you think it has anything to do with the pandemic? I I think mine has to do with the pandemic. I'm just so exhausted from hating people. I'm really just so tired of hating people and having people hate me for the fact that I got a shot or three shots in my arm or the fact that they won't wear their damn masks or mm-hmm. I'm just so tired. I'm ready to have more compassion for everyone again i'm just so tired of yeah, being angry i wouldn't necessarily use the word exhausted to apply it to me mm-hmm. but something like that um i think for me well, I, and i've been working on the front lines of yeah. giving vaccines and doing testing and i'm that's what i'm doing yeah i think for me it's more of a thing of you and i have been watching uh the good fight lately mm-hmm. and one of the main characters in that show keeps saying the world is insane and all I have to do is keep my little corner of the world sane. Um, and I really love that. I love that. We've seen that character, uh, really struggling with Christine Baranski, Christine Baranski, Diane Lockhart. We've seen her really struggling throughout the show, um, with just the craziness of the Trump era and everything. Mm -hmm. And she just seemed so at a loss of what to do. And, uh, she finally just kind of adopted this mantra of, of that. Mm-hmm. And ever since she decided to do that, she seems so much more, as, you know, seated in her power and so much more confident and comfortable in the world. Yeah. And also so much more able to just accept the craziness that is the world. And I'm kind of on that same journey as mm-hmm. Diane Lockhart. Uh, because <laughs> when I lose my patience with people, it's always with this energy of, why can't you just... Listen to me, mm-hmm. strangers who don't know who I am. Well, and Leslie know? said that. She goes, I learned something from you in an interaction because there's this there's this flea market thing that comes oh. to my spot mm-hmm. where I work because I'm in a corner of a parking lot. I'm in a pop-up. 
And the other day, this person came to get ready for it. And they, this man drove his truck onto my site, moved my cones, and drove his truck on my site. And I said, hello, <laughs> hold up. And he goes, no, no, we're just setting up for the flea market this weekend. And I was like, no, I know. I know what you're doing, but you've moved my cones and you drove onto my site without my permission. And he goes, but we're just trying to set up with, he's like, it's fine. We'll be out of here in a minute. And I said, no, no, it's not fine because you moved my cones and drove onto my site without my permission. I said, there's no other story that to be told. I am making you aware that you have done this and that is not something you should do. And next time you need to ask before you move cones that you did not place. And I said, so do your work and get off my site quickly. And Leslie was just like, wow, I've never seen it handled like that. And she goes, what? And she goes, you weren't going to argue. This is what happened. You got caught red-handed, whatever, you know, you did it. And I'm like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm much more comfortable standing flat-footed and telling people what they did wrong than trying to fight them and make them see my point of view. Because mm-hmm. my favorite thing, my favorite thing to do now is tell is disagree with people. Mm-hmm. And just with no explanation. I've talked about this with you in private, but one time, cause we're doing testing and somebody said, um, somebody said, do you know where the job fair is? And I was like, no, I don't. And they're like, well, you should know. And I said, no, I shouldn't. <laughs> and she was like, what, excuse me? And I was like, you said I should know that. I said, that's not true. I should not know where the job fair is. Cause I have nothing to do with the job fair. And she goes, yeah, but you should, people are coming by, so you should know where it's at. And I said, no, I shouldn't. It's not my business to point you in the right direction. You can Google. You can, you know, and I'm just like, people say, well, this is how it was. Okay, no, it wasn't. No. And that's it. I don't need to explain anything to you. You're mm-hmm. wrong. And that's fine. No, it was No, it's not. Mm-hmm. So I, that's my new favorite way of just staying centered in it all. And so I just, I'm really happy about, where our lives are going and that really seems like we're on the same page mm-hmm. on a, most everything at this point. Mm-hmm. We're getting close. Do you like that? We're getting close. Oh yeah. I mean, it feels, it feels <laughs> dang good. You don't miss the days of old where we tried, had to spend hours at night trying to make ourselves understand each other and fought over nothing. I remember, I don't think it was ever over nothing. Sometimes it was, over everything nothing. was very important. I remember way earlier in our relationship, uh, I looked up an astrology love compatibility between Aries and Taurus. Not that I 100% believe in that, but I'm also not going to say it's wrong um, mm-hmm. because if you look up, and you can do this yourselves at home, listeners, to, to follow along with my journey, if you look up uh, the love compatibility of Aries and Taurus, it basically says, this is a relationship almost doomed to failure. Beca- really? Yes, because the two... It's like you picture a ram and a bull locking horns. Mm-hmm. That's how it is. Uh, it says, you know. But Aries is water, right? Or air? I think it's fire. Fire. Yeah, it's fire and you're water. Bull is water? I think so. Hmm. I'm not 100% on that. Um, but yeah, they were like, you know, it's just you're too similar. You're both too stubborn. You're both too driven. Uh, Aries, you're too... Um, you're you're too pragmatic and Taurus. You're too, uh, what's the word? You, you you just want too much of the finer things. And Aries, you're just too sensible. And it's just I think we're doing a really good it's job almost, of leading those two things because those are absolutely true. Yeah. Um, um, but I, I like the I am becoming more sensible, and you're becoming more into the finer things. And then it said, you know, like in an argument, your arguments will never end because you will never stop thinking that you're the right one, both of you. Um, it took 12 years. And then it there. said, but if you can learn to overcome all of your differences, and I guess this is the true for anybody in a relationship, so yeah. it's all kind of BS, but it said, if you can learn to overcome your differences and, you know, let go of the things that bother you about each other and instead appreciate the strengths that you each bring to the relationship, you will be unstoppable. That is yeah. the phrasing. I'll never forget. That's the phrasing that it said. You will be unstoppable. That gives me a little bit of emotional feeling and because I feel very unstoppable with you right now. Well, that's me too. <laughs> so, well, that's that's what we do with the good. Like you know, that's what we do with the good when it comes. We mm-hmm. we're we're now using it for fire in our belly, right? So, so I would say you know to those listening out there, 
if you're wondering about that question too that we started this podcast with, which is maybe things are going great for you too. Um, maybe, you know, you're coming out of this two-year pandemic that we've had. Hopefully this will be, you know, we're on our way to endemic, hopefully, and we're seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And things are starting to go well for you. You're getting some really good stuff happening in your personal life, maybe careers, maybe like me, you are, you know, things that have weighed on you for so long are no longer weighing on you and you don't have to really worry about them anymore. Mm -hmm. I would encourage you to take some time for yourself and just sit down and really with consciousness, think about what is something that has kind of been like poking at me and whispering to me all this time that I've kept ignoring because there's too much else to do. Mm -hmm. And now I don't have to do those things anymore as much. Yeah. So where else can I put that energy? And who knows? You might be surprised by where you find yourself going. Yeah. You found your newfound spirituality and I cleaned out my entire inbox. Yeah. So, and neither are more important than the other. Right. In exactly. A, in a sense. I do know that I need to be 12. You think so? I think I'm, I think it's that age where I need to be 12 because I can't, I'm tired all the time. Hmm. So I'm going to do that because this podcast is time to wrap it up because I'm tired. <laughs> you know, in the past I have taken B12 and it did nothing for me, but it's possible, possibly because I was 19. Yeah. You had, ener- you had all the energy <laughs> you were going to get. Yeah. Well, on that note, tell everybody where they can find you. Well, you <laughs> just you, tell them you can find me at, if e- there's nothing there for their interest, that's their problem. <laughs> you, well, you can find me at Easton H ham. Uh, on Instagram, uh, I still haven't tried to do anything with it. That's coming. That, I promise I'm going to do it. You don't have to qualify anything for them. Oh, I'm qualifying it for me. They don't know you. I'm just doing do. it for myself. Well, and you can also find me at Kyle L Henderson on Instagram. And I hope that everyone can look and decide for themselves to see the positive side of life because it's there. Have a great week. <laughs>